Hi guys, welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. Very, very excited for today's episode. We have Patrick and Stephen from the Perth Heat. Patrick and Stephen, very, very welcome to Tapping Into Crypto. Delighted to get you guys back on. Awesome to have the chat. Yeah, thanks for having us. Steve, we, me and you met, we had a sit down in the beanbags at the Aussie Crypto Convention a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was awesome to, to hear your story. And I think I'd mentioned that I'd been following it through uh, Anthony Pompliano as well. And, you know, it's great to see what you guys are doing. And I guess, guys, a question we ask everybody when they come to the podcast is, uh, what, was your, what was your first crypto purchase? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it might have been Bitcoin, but, you know, let, fill me in. What, Patrick, start with you. What was it, Matt? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, mine was Bitcoin. And was, when, uh, when, when was that? <laughs> that was one of the lucky ones that was, uh, you know. When, when was that? I wish it was the first time I heard about Bitcoin. That would have been, you know, this would be a whole different scenario for me. But uh, it would have been 2016 is when I just started to dabble. That's uh, pretty good. That, that, that's then. pretty good. Uh, a lot of yeah. a lot of our listeners, I'd imagine, are, you know, haven't been around since 2016 or, or very, very, a good amount of them, I would say, you know, kind of came in in the, the most recent bull run or that 2017-18 um, bull run. Steve, what about yourself, Matt? Yeah, a lot of people probably will be surprised, and they are when I tell them, um, as see of the uh, the Bitcoin baseball team, they think I've got a much longer history with, with Bitcoin than what I do have. But uh, no, it was only a couple of years ago that I made my first purchase of Bitcoin. I remember explaining to my wife how much we're going to purchase and uh, how that continued to change in terms of the, the investment. And then after yeah, a period of time, it was like that conversation with Jen, like, uh, I thought we we're only going to purchase this much. We've uh, doubled, now we've tripled. Um, when does this stop? But uh, and we've we've converted the uh, the wife as well. So uh, only, yeah, only a short history, but uh, yeah, really enjoying uh, our, our Bitcoin journey. Yeah, man, and what a what a journey it's been, especially since 2016, Patrick. That you've been on it. I was in myself, you know, in the crypto markets since kind of 2013, 14. So, you know, but again, you a lot of people kind of came in and jumped out and came in again. And I was definitely, you know, one of those people. And again, yeah, people always ask you, you know, you yeah, you must have a lot of crypto now. And it's like, yeah, you you'd think you'd have a lot more, <laughs> considering you've been in been in for quite a while. But that's you know that's just how it how it plays out. And I guess a bit of background on on both of you guys. Um, you know, Stephen, you're the CEO of the Partite Baseball mm-hmm. Team, adopted a Bitcoin standard. Patrick, you're the Chief Bitcoin Officer, which is you know this is my my new I think dream title. Um, <laughs> if I was to um, position myself in a new role anywhere, it'd be the Chief Bitcoin Officer. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to give us a breakdown of what you guys do at the club and how you came to um, adopt the Bitcoin standard first team in world sports? Well, probably Patrick answers this better because it was Patrick who orange pilled me, and then after having fun with the uh, with the Chief Executive, he thought he'd get hold of you know, an entire organisation, and that's where it started from. So it won't be long, I don't think, until there's yeah, you know, there's a real change in in C level suite you know, management. So at the moment, we've got a Chief Bitcoin Officer, we've got a Chief Executive Officer. When will it be that that reverses? That the Chief Bitcoin Officer sits above the Chief Executive Officer? I truly believe that will change in management and businesses, you know, moving forward, that the chief Bitcoin officer will become the number one person within the organization. Important that you can you know, bounce up, you know, for myself to be able to have Patrick that I can work with him without his influence and his um, understanding of Bitcoin and what we're doing. Uh, this project's not possible. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's it's super interesting. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, the CEO, the, the CBO, now that Partita have and Patrick, you know, obviously everyone has heard of MicroStrategy and what they're kind of doing over there. And I guess, they're they're probably like obviously not a sports team, but they're probably like that closest thing to um, Michael Saylor is probably that closest to what people would think about as a as a chief Bitcoin officer, right? Because you know it seems all his all his strategy is is to continue on this journey of acquiring as much Bitcoin as he can. 
And I guess what's what's that journey look like for per teeth and uh, how does it kind of, I guess, differentiate from what other businesses might do from, from their strategy? Uh, well, from a Bitcoin point of view, I think as... We, we've alluded to a couple of different times when we've done conversations like this. The, the Perth Heat is in a unique situation because, yes, it's a sports team, but in essence, it's, you know, it's a medium-sized business that is not, doesn't have access to the things that companies like MicroStrategy have, doesn't have access to the public markets, uh, doesn't have access to a team of lawyers and uh, accountants and all of these things. And this really is where the, it's not so much, it, it's not so much the skill, it's the buildup of knowledge that happens even with yourself in the space for as long as you are. Uh, you have a distinct advantage over people that are just coming into the space. And if you can imagine, as what has been happening with retail, over the last you know, two or three years, basically since 2020, and the influx that we have seen of people that are new to the space that want to learn information and that need to be steered to projects and to developments that are actually coming from a place that can help and that can propel this new monetary future into reality. That is a skill that companies are looking for, much like retail people are looking for. And these things that you know will eventually be worth something. Because there, there's going to be, have to be translation at the corporate level, at the business level, to how can this actually help me? Because much like MicroStrategy has found out and Michael Saylor has found out, he's actually more efficient, as in he can generate more returns for the business entirely focusing on Bitcoin. And that's for a very large organization. You can imagine something that isn't as efficient as MicroStrategy is in their own core business. You can imagine how much more the benefit would be as businesses that aren't that efficient begin to understand just how important Bitcoin is going to be. So from a chief Bitcoin officer point of view, it's really how can you help companies integrate with what is happening in the Bitcoin system as these companies are being built up? It's happening so quickly. I mean, we have seen it front and center from the outside. You know, it, it appears as though things are moving pretty quickly or sometimes it can move quite slowly. You know, if you're looking at the price, you can think things are dragging along. But behind the scenes, man, it is a duck that is, you know, looks very calm above water, but underneath. There's so many different businesses being built up. There's so many different infrastructure plays being put together that really you need someone on top of this stuff to be able to say to Steve and to be able to say to the organization, this is how we can capitalize now. Not this is how we can capitalize in 12 months time, because in 12 months time, the landscape is going to be entirely different. So really to get the most efficiency gains that you can out of something like Bitcoin, out of the transformation that we're going to see in a monetary system like this, this once in a species movement, you're going to need people that have the knowledge and the background in there to help guide these decisions or at least put forth this is sort of best practices. This is how we can make the most return, see if it lines up with what the organization is trying to do and then move forward from there. You know, you know, the saying like, watch what they watch, what they do, not what they say. And it really, it clearly really plays into the whole institutional side of adoption of digital assets in general, but especially Bitcoin. And, you know, you've got organizations like MicroStrategy, obviously going down this, this road of loud accumulation, but then there's a number of organizations that you probably never heard of. And you may not hear of for you know decades that that are obviously doing the same thing, but just not as as vocal about it as as MicroStrategy. And I think that's a that's something that we we will probably find out over time. But again, it's definitely happening, and and we know it's happening. And that's why you have some of those key base levels around how you know Bitcoin support and things like that. When you look at the charts, it does kind of correlate too. So Stephen, you mentioned that it was it was Patrick's fault essentially. He <laughs> he uh, he uh, orange pills you back in the day. How do you get that conversation started? Like, how do you come to this place where you decide this is what we're going to do? And and like, what was that journey like? And how the hell did you convince the board that this was this was the right thing to do? Yeah, well, firstly for the board, in in some ways, that that were the easiest when we approached them and we and we spoke to them about the plans moving forward. It was almost as simple as, is this the best thing for the organization moving forward? And my answer was yes. And they said, well, if that's the case, let's do it. But there was a, a few touch points throughout the, you know, the, the course of maybe 12 to 24 months that thought, we, we need to do business differently here. 
There was one example during COVID when we had the championship series game in Melbourne and a, a large part of our imports needed to get back to the USA for spring training. And we were about to play the championship series game on a Friday and Melbourne was about to go into lockdown again. And their greatest concern was, we need to find a bank to withdraw our fee up. And their primary concern on the day of a championship game was withdrawing their fee up to ensure that if they were on a plane back to California that night, that they oh. had their money. Now, we're trying to prepare for a championship game to win a 16th Claxton Shield. Uh, we need the focus to be different. Had the players been paid in Bitcoin, that wouldn't have been the issue. They would have been able to sit in their hotel rooms, prepare as per normal, and take the field hours later. Now, that, that was one of the, the key moments for me that made me assess the business and how, how do we move forward. If anyone's done an international transfer requiring codes and you can appreciate and understand it costs a fortune and usually doesn't get there in time no correct if anyone has run a small business and albeit even a, a coffee shop and you're using square and there's a transaction and you're waiting days for that money to hit your account only then to see that you've lost two and a half percent on each transaction um, if you start multiplying that by every transaction over the course of the week over the course of a month over a course of a year and then multiply it by five you start to realize that your handing to square should be coming directly to you so we like to think we are the best baseball team in Australia. We stay ahead of the curve. How do we stay ahead of our opposition? When we thought by adopting a Bitcoin standard would continue to provide us with the edge that we needed to, to remain at the forefront of technology and the forefront of improving our organisation. Has it worked in the last 12 months? Absolutely. If we just go back to the Bitcoin conference in Miami, look at our jerseys that were sold out within a day, our brand has improved you know, globally. If we look at the way we take payments now internationally, that's improved. If we look at what we'll do at the ballpark in five weeks' time, we've opened up a whole new world of payments to our members and our fans as well. So there's so many different aspects of the business that have already been improved. I mean, it's exciting tonight the when we're down at training and Patrick and I are speaking to the players again about you know, Bitcoin payments for this summer. Yeah, it's, it's been Really, really wonderful to see the adoption you know, throughout the organization and, and, and also across the business from people globally. It's interesting to hear you say that it's an organizational improvement versus, you know, you talk about the team. You guys are the, the best baseball team in Australia, you know, as you stated. I might have to test that with some people I know in the, in the, in the baseball space. <laughs> but um, you've used it as a kind of an opportunity to transform the whole organization from kind of game day to, you know, how the business runs itself. And I guess, you know, it is a business. It is a sports team, but it is a business. All sports teams are. Was there ever a point where you, when you thought about this, that it wasn't Bitcoin? Was there any other assets that you ever thought maybe we could we could do this with another asset or is there kind of a, a complementary asset that you could run along Bitcoin to to help get everything that you need from cryptocurrency and digital assets and the use of blockchain technology? Absolute scarcity is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Now for us it was only Bitcoin. That's not to say that yeah, you know, in, in ten years time there may not be some other form of you know transaction that we need, you know, throughout the organization to assist with how the project is moving forward. But uh yeah. Uh, the conversations Patrick and I had were only Bitcoin. Yeah, Patrick strikes me as a Bitcoin-only type of guy, but um, <laughs> I could be wrong there, Patrick. But again, hey, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, Matt. We're we're holding up, Bitcoin's holding up the best from this recent, you know, eight or nine months of, of pain we've had in the crypto and digital asset space. So, you know, it's a, it's been a good choice um, in that regard. I guess, what are the properties of Bitcoin that most attract you guys to, um, to it, you know, adopting the standard? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll speak on that for a second. Yeah, it, it has always been Bitcoin for myself. And, you know, the Orange Pill process was that Bitcoin 
you can build from Bitcoin because of its security, right? It's the, the, the most reliable system that has ever been conceived. I mean, from Bitcoin emerges truth and you can build on that to extend your time preference and look out into the future. And that's what gives the Perth Heat this opportunity to capitalize on something that had never been done before. I mean, the Bitcoin that the Perth Heat are accumulating now, the Bitcoin that the players are accumulating this season, it will never be cheaper to operate the business than now. Like the returns that they're going to get and the plans that are going to play out at the game theory plays, which is where the direction points. Like you can't kill Bitcoin. If it's going to stick around, then it's going to win. That's just how the system is built. So from what angles are we taking advantage of? Everything. And that really was the selling point to to Steve and to the board itself. Like we don't have to do anything as an organization. It's already happening because of the open source nature of Bitcoin. All we have to do is plug in. All we have to do is plug in and raise our hands to companies, to businesses, to individuals, to developers to say, we have a organization that will get over the course of a weekend, thousands and thousands of people to come through the door to watch online. And we are going to expose them to Bitcoin. If you have projects, you tell us what they are and we're going to get them out there and see them working. I mean, this has been my dream since coming into the space. You know, it took me a little bit of time to be able to realize, as I think it does to most people, right? Bitcoin is so foreign in just the importance that it is going to bring to the extended order, to the entire value system that humans operate under. It changes everything. And one of the things that changes is sports. Another thing is businesses. It makes everything more efficient and raising our hands and saying, we're going to tap in and we're going to make it essentially what every Bitcoin person, every Bitcoin maxi, every holder of Bitcoin has been waiting for a moment for a company to just go all in and not all in in a micro strategy sense where you put it on the corporate balance sheet. You know, it becomes a treasury reserve asset, but all in as we're going to accept Bitcoin uh, at the ballpark for tickets, for merchandise. We're going to hold Bitcoin on the balance sheet. We're going to play the players in Bitcoin. We're just going to do everything Bitcoin because we know in the end it wins. So if we know that it's going to win right now, we're going to capitalize on that and, and make sure that we're at the forefront. And, you know, that's something to Steve credit and to the board's credit. They have fully embraced this idea that things are changing rapidly. Like when we first made this announcement before the, the last season was canceled due to COVID, you know, we had a completely different structure behind the scenes for how things were going to work, for how payers were going to get played, for how the revenue was going to come into the ballpark through Bitcoin, through the Lightning Network. Uh, all of these things were different. And they knew that. And they knew that it was going to change rapidly. And again, that's one of the roles now that I have here is just deciding where that's going to go. But we are leveraging every aspect of Bitcoin to become more efficient. And in the end, the organization is centered around winning baseball games and winning championships, right? That is the utility that it brings to the public. And that is why the public continues to support the team and has done for the last 30 years. So we want to leverage that and we want to show people that as a first step, Bitcoin is not some crazy, you know, out of the box hacker system that people have been associated with in sure. legacy media. Like the, these things are open up. And if the Perth Heat can become more successful on the field, which it can by leveraging Bitcoin, you know, it sounds like a crazy foreign idea. But as you work through these steps and you start to understand it more and more, you see that as it makes everything more efficient, it makes the individual more efficient, it makes the group more efficient, and the organization will prosper from it. And the great thing is, is our our competitors, both locally, you know, in the ABL and abroad, right, internationally, they will not be able to shield themselves from our success. And that really is the turning point is the game theory says <laughs> they're eventually going to have to do exactly what we're doing. Uh, we're just doing it years, if not decades ahead. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it is impressive. And, and, you know, I have to congratulate you guys on the way that the team has, the whole organization has lent in to, to Bitcoin and really embraced it and kind of a no holds barred attack on adopting Bitcoin as a, you know, as that kind of standard throughout the business. I guess the other question I would have is, you know, obviously the markets go up and down and, you know, I think us guys having this conversation, we don't really care about that because we believe in the long-term viability of, of what the network is doing and what, you know, prices are just your everyday kind of noise, right? But 
how do you sell that to like players and staff at the organization? You know, not everybody's like us, right? We're the weirdos. <laughs> we're the we're the guys on the fringe here. But I guess Steve, like probably for one for you, like how do you start those conversations or how did you kick off those conversations with like players and staff to to say, hey, this is what we're trying to do? And and I guess is there a division between people to get paid in Bitcoin and fiat now? Is that is that still a thing that exists or are you guys still working through that? Not, I imagine it's a yeah, no, good question. A couple of different parts. So, so as as we were launching last year, Bitcoin was going to an all time high. So it was a relatively easy conversation in in some ways because there was there was so so much momentum. Now we're in a very different position heading into it. And everybody season, so, calling for hundred hundred k. Yeah, so yeah, correct. So yeah. I, I expect to see some difference with some of the players, you know, this season as well in terms of the allocation and, and payments, but. Uh, that's not a bad thing either. Yeah, you know, luckily for our organisation, we've got someone like Patrick, who I think is just an incredible educator and a real brilliant ability to uh, in how he approaches yeah you know, the players and, and their understanding of why they should be accepting Bitcoin. Again, as an organisation, if we went into this thinking it was going to be smooth sailing, there wasn't going to be any fluctuations, and there wasn't going to be any hard times, then we weren't the right organisation to be taking that step forward as well. Uh, we we appreciate and understood that there was going to be some yeah maybe some turbulence. Especially in the next period of time, bit yeah, three, five years, et cetera, et cetera, that we needed to work our way through and to be patient, yeah, with that. And if it wasn't a long-term strategy, then again, there wasn't any point, you know, taking this position. So, at, at the moment, all contracts are still denominated in AUD. Uh, how long will it be before, yeah, a, a contract with a player yep. is denominated in Bitcoin? I think it's yeah, quicker than what we think. Aaron Rodgers from the NFL said, it, yeah, um, at the Bitcoin conference, it's going to be five years. I think it could be less than five months. You know, we've had some discussions with some players that are, are keen to explore you know, having a contract denominated in Bitcoin, and that's really exciting. And that just shows you know, collectively as an organization what we're doing is having a real impact you know, throughout our playing group. So once we start denominating contracts in Bitcoin, then, yeah, obviously the, uh, that volatility or price does come into it and changes. Sorry, I was going to say, there's, there's some services like, you know, get, get paid in Bitcoin and things like that. It's it's really interesting to see what they're doing, allowing people to get paid, you know, a portion of your wages in, in crypto. And I think the, the key thing at the moment is that it's, it is a portion and, and it, it is kind of tough, especially when it comes to regulation and when it comes to taxation to, to draw that, that line between what should be, I guess, uh, taxed as an investment versus, you know, your income, right? Which what we're kind of proposing here is that Bitcoin is going to be your main, your main source of income or your main asset used for income, at least. So, I mean, that's a really interesting one to see how it plays out and, and how the ATO handle it as well. I guess, have you guys been having conversations like at the government level or at the, at the taxation level as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. On the, on the Bitcoin side, both, both, well. I was just going to oh, mention the, yeah, the conversation we had at, uh, at, at Parliament House, really, with, with, with several senior advisors. And, yeah, we found the, the, the conversation be, you know, highly engaging, highly, highly, uh, excited by, in some ways, you know, the project that, we'll, that we would do because it gives everyone a better understanding of, you know, what's required and how, how do we handle, you know, certain aspects of it. Even if we look at a partnership which we'd launched with BitRefill at the conference on the Gold Coast, that will be you know, having effectively one player live off BitRefill, which is crypto, goes into the BitRefill platform and that exchanges um, into the gift cards that you can use at 150 stores you know, around Australia. It shows you that living on a Bitcoin standard is very, very close. We don't have the BitPay at the moment, but that you know, may not be too far away as well. And once BitRefill implement that here in Australia, then that changes yeah, the possibilities of being able to live on crypto and Bitcoin e every day. So it's going to be a real fascinating use case with our player Nick Alexio and BitRefill and showing the amount of things he can purchase by living on Bitcoin and crypto. Yeah, I mean, 
something that I'm very excited about. I know you guys, you guys have referenced it a few times as well. Is that you know Bitcoin Lightning and and that whole layer two on top of Bitcoin. I mean, it's uh, for anyone that that hasn't used it before, it's it is impressive. And you know, I was at a, I was at an event recently, and I sent you know a couple of satoshis to a server with a guy that was standing right beside me that was based in Switzerland. And you know, it took all of you know, as you guys would know, it, it took all of about three seconds for him to you know receive it in his app to say that yeah, it had it had gone from you know Australia, Sydney, we were at at the time, to Switzerland in three seconds, and value moved. So. I mean, that kind of technology to sit on a, like what you guys have spoken to the properties of Bitcoin as, as that, you know, all in one network and, and, you know, the most secure place to transact and what could be a global standard of monetary value. It's just so exciting. And, and that especially is one for me that, yeah, really, really excited about, obviously, as I mentioned. And, um, the, the Bitcoin Lightning network itself, is that something that you guys, already have implemented at like is it Empire Stadium or, or is it something that you're kind of working through? Yeah, absolutely. The Bitcoin, the Lightning Network plays a huge role in what we're doing, in everything. So it's it's integrated across through uh, partners like Ibex that we have been working with for some time coming up to the season. It's implemented everywhere. It's a huge aspect of what we're doing for payments, but also it changes the face of sports forever, the ability to do microtransactions, to be able to send a fraction of a penny to whoever you want uh, is... You know, it's mind boggling to think just how big a shift that is going to happen and how big. I mean, you mentioned it before, I think the phrase that, you know, talk is cheap. Uh, you know, you show me show me what's in your portfolio, right? To show me what you actually value. Show me what you are willing to part with Satoshis to continue to enjoy. And I'm not sure how much, uh, you know, Steve wants to share here for the exciting things that are actually happening at the ballpark. I don't know if we, we haven't really made any major announcements as of yet of, of just what, how, how far we're going to push this. But I will say this, that, that lightning will change the face of sports forever. I think once you see some of these implementations in real life, which is what we're excited about, people are going to be surprised about just what you can do with this. I think maybe we can give Tommy a bit of a, uh, a sneak peek into the future. Yeah, beautiful. I'd, lo- I'd love that, guys. Like I said, if we're going to have some breaking news, it might as well be today. <laughs> have you got a favorite athlete in world sport, Tommy? Probably, um, it probably have to be like Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United. So Ronaldo scored his 700th goal in league football on the weekend. Were you able to tip him? I wasn't, but um, you know, I think he's got enough cash. He probably doesn't need my tips. <laughs> but But no, no, the answer is no. I wasn't able to tip him. If that uh, opportunity existed and you thought, wow, Ronaldo, 700 goals, wonderful, mate. Here's, here's a couple of Satoshis. Thank you for all the memories. Thank you for the wonderful you know, highlights, enjoyment. Here's some Satoshis. I'm going to uh, send them to you on the Lightning Network as he's playing. So he comes back into his locker room. He looks at his account and suddenly uh, you've transferred some Satoshis to him. Yeah, we'll be able to do that this season with the baseball team. This will change the future of payments for players forever. It's going to completely flip the way player payments are seen and give them the opportunity to earn extra revenue from every you know, everyone around the globe. So we're going to implement that in five weeks' time. It's through Ibex and the Lightning Network, and it's one of the most exciting advancements that uh, we'll roll out this season. And it's something we're, we're really, really proud of that, again, you know, the Perth Heat baseball team will pioneer change in player payments and how you know, the future of sport looks you know, for decades to come. That's it. That's epic, Matt. So I guess the way I'm picturing this is I'm sitting at the stadium. My favorite player has hit a home run and I can just, I'll have his Bitcoin Lightning address maybe as part of the program that I'm looking at or something like that, or I can go online and check it out and I can send him, send him a couple of dollars worth of Satoshis or send, just send him to Satoshis. That, I mean, that's really cool. And I mean, that concept itself, like you said, and like Patrick has said as well, like this, 
it's very possible that the technology is there right now. So we, we just need people to actually say that they're going to do this and it can be implemented pretty, pretty easily. Like you guys and you guys are probably going to be one of the first to prove it. So that's, that's super exciting. You have to, you know, congratulate you guys on that again. It's definitely something that, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's such a cool concept. I mean, people are doing it as well with like charities and things now. I mean, it's, it doesn't stop at sports, like you said, Patrick. Like it's really the tip of the iceberg, and what that network could do for everything, pretty much everything globally, is yeah, the possibilities are endless. And yeah, it's something that we we all should be really excited about, especially especially us. And I guess listening to you guys speak, it's it really seems to be that you're on this journey of education as well. And I think everything in crypto is like you know I'm on it myself, and people at at SwiftX, we're all on this journey of education. People ask you, they always want to know what you know what kind is going to go up or down, right? But that's not really the point. Like it's it's really more about the uh, the opportunity within the digital asset space. And you know, Patrick, you mentioned people with with you know years of experience or you know even a couple of years of experience now are really sought after individuals and it's it's just this becoming this new skill that's very scarce very like you know bitcoin 21 million only so it's like it's like this new this new scarcity play that that people have and and are joining the industry which is really really cool i guess do you guys have this is probably a bit of a harder one but it's like do you guys have like a measure of success or you know it's probably too early for that now but is there a measure of success that you think like this is the measure that we say when we hit this, it's proven to be the best strategy. Is there something like that? And now it's probably the plays against the whole price theory around Bitcoin and everything else. But yeah, do you have any thoughts on that one? Ooh, it's a tough question. We, we said we're the best baseball team in Australia previously, and you said you were going to cross-reference that. If we're the Bitcoin baseball team and we don't win, then we're in strife, aren't we? But what does success look like? I think it's, it's in so many ways. What, what does success look like here? Yeah. I think it's been successful for the business already in so many ways that, that would prove the business. Now, what would be, you know, even in some ways, a, a very, very small and sweet reward is if that, say, if we had a group of uh, members that came up to us and said, say, we're really happy that you've gone on this journey with the organization because, yeah, we've heard about Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies for a really long time. We weren't too sure about what we should do, but uh, listening to the journey of the Perth Eight has enabled us to learn a lot more. We've now made a small investment. We understand how to use Bitcoin and we feel we're in a better position moving forward. If we've educated our members and fans in that small capacity, well, for me, that's really cool as well. Um, I think there was $110 million worth of scams last year in crypto, yeah? If we can prevent any of our members and fans from being scammed, then that's successful as well, yeah? Because we've provided a venue um, and the opportunity to educate in a way that they previously didn't have. So there's lots of different little parts of what success means, I think, you know, across the board. Again, for me, Successful has been really proud of you know pioneering some of the things that we're doing globally and not thinking that because we're in Australia or a baseball team, we can't do that. I think we should be proud of being you know, world leaders in what, what we're doing and uh, continuing to push boundaries and you know, assess the global adoption of Bitcoin and, and also the future of payments. Yeah, I mean, there's one there's one way to get people to kind of, I guess, listen or or look at what you're doing over here. It's and show show them a cool thing, right? Mm. So, you know, it sounds like you guys are gonna show people a lot of cool things that involve Bitcoin at the stadium and at that level, and that's where people, I think, really get the benefit. Like at the moment, you know, they kind of can see it as just an investment, whereas you show them something in real life, something that's tangible, something that they can download on their phone or you know, like an app on their phone or something they can actually do and interact with like professional sports people. I mean, that's, that, that's a game changer. And I mean, imagine, you know, you, you're talking about, we're talking about baseball here, but think about, we can do that in the NRL, or you can do it in the AFL, or you can do it in, 
the many other sports that we do we we practice in australia it's like it's it just opens up a, a whole can of worms here which is it's so exciting and and uh yeah really really interesting to see where where it could go one of the other ones i was very interested to hear is you know i heard some rumors about you guys setting up a solar mining operation at empire stadium as well can you tell me a bit more about that has that got any legs or uh or is that just speculation at this point no, it wouldn't be speculation. So uh, we've got some solar being installed at the ballpark. In the next fortnight, there's a government grant which gives us about 102 panels. And with that solar, we'd like to start mining Bitcoin. So we're just putting the final pieces to that project together. It's, it's a project that um, has taken a fair bit of time and we've been back and forth with quite a few different you know, companies in the US about how to set it up and potentially you know, what's the best way forward with it. Again, why are we doing it? It's education. So if you speak to you know, the average pleb and you ask them about what Bitcoin mining is, they'll say, bad for the environment, loud in the Boeing 747, really, really bad, don't go anywhere near it, yeah? Well, it's not that at all. You know, have we got the ability to set up you know, some Bitcoin mining you know, in the ballpark as people walk in, touch, see, feel, understand it, be educated about it, but then any revenue raised goes back directly to the community and supports junior baseballers or t-ballers with equipment or with fees or with the opportunity to go to Little League World Championships, then I think that's you know, a beautiful thing to bring, again, to our local community to educate but also to inspire. You know, we've got the ability to do that with a ballpark and you know, the way we're, we're structured internally. So that's no, certainly not a, a rumour or you know, it's, it's something we're, we're really passionate about and, and hoping to have up yeah, th- this season. It's an important part of the project and it's a huge education piece in terms of understanding you know, the whole Bitcoin circular economy and the ecosystem as well. So that's how it's mined and that's yeah, then using it at, yeah, at the bar with you know, the lightning payments through IBEX and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's something we're, we're really passionate about. Yeah, I guess for people that, that can't understand how that might work, essentially, you guys are going to put the, the stadium to work, right? <laughs> you guys are going to put the stadium to work with some solar panels on it. It's going to generate revenue for the club, and then you guys can allocate that revenue to whatever, you know, essentially whatever we want. You know, we're very lucky in Australia, we can leverage the power of the sun, right? So, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that's, it probably plays into another conversation about the opportunity for Australia with renewable energy and Bitcoin. Is, is something that's, you know, absolutely massive as well. And, um, you know, I, I really hope that we do continue to take kind of leaps, leaps forward in that area and, um, harness the power of the sun. I mean, it's usually all you hear is about, about people getting skin cancer out here and it's getting sunburned and, and it's too hot. And, you know, we have all this extreme weather. It was like, let's, let's try and try and use it for good. And maybe Bitcoin is a big opportunity for, for us to do that out here as well. So it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. And that is also, we have seen, you know, credit to the policy advisors that we've met with uh, and the different government entities that we've been in conversation with is they recognize this. Number one, you know, it's it's no secret that politicians love to give out free stuff to people when it uh, would have cost them something before. And this is an opportunity to do that. I mean, there are sports stadiums all across the country that require tremendous amounts of power for very limited parts of the year. The rest of the time, they're just sitting there. And oftentimes, they are at least partially run on renewable energy that is just sitting there. That, that solar that is going to be at the ballpark, uh, if we're not using it during the day because there, there's no game, because there's only you know so many games during the year, it's just sitting there. And it's just going into the ground. It's not being pumped back into the grid. And if we can turn that into Bitcoin, 
and use that stranded energy, they immediately recognize that this is going to play big across the entire state, uh, if not, as you say, if not Australia, and open up opportunities to be able to monetize stranded energy. And, uh, you know, that is, they have been very supportive in going down this avenue and are excited to see what the results are going to be because it makes a big difference, right? Like you can instantly make the community around you a better place just by using resources that are already there or already there being used or already there being wasted, which is even, you know, a, a better situation. And they're, they're sort of catching on, which is only made possible. All of this only made possible by deciding to go on a Bitcoin standard, right? Just raising our hands and saying, you know, in part, Steve has now become a go-to person in the state, in the country, as someone who understands Bitcoin and has a public face about it and will answer questions to legacy institutions, legacy media. That is also part of the strategy, getting a positive representation for Bitcoin in the country by having a trusted institution like a professional baseball team um, that just so happens to be the most successful ever in the country to adopt this thing and to say that there is actually actual legitimate uses. And, you know, he can get into meetings and he can get into areas that just uh, a normal pleb wouldn't be able to do that. And so that's just another aspect, like a an additional win besides for the organization, just for the network, for the protocol itself, for Bitcoin to have an advocate like that, the team. Steve, to be able to do these things is, you know, it just progresses it that much further and speeds up adoption that much. Yeah, it's 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 amazing to see. I guess the big question that I have here is, you know, for other businesses thinking about this, right? They see the party, they're like, oh, this is an experiment over here. And, you know, in brackets, they might, you know, there's a lot of skeptics out here. We, we come from digital assets, crypto, right? Skeptics are part of our DNA these days. <laughs> but um, I guess, you know, for, for other businesses looking at this and saying, hey, maybe maybe this is a good strategy for us to adopt. Obviously, Steve, and you mentioned to me at the conference, you're, you're kind of, your email is always open or your phone is mm-hmm. always on to ans- answer questions for more people. And, you know, for you guys, it's all about that education and you're happy to help new businesses get in. Can you quantify some of the opportunities that have came your way just for, for the people listening? Like, what are some of the opportunities that have came your way since you've adopted the Bitcoin standard like that you just would not ever have had a chance to before? And I think, Patrick, you probably started on it there with like just by opening up conversations that you wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise be able to get into. Can you quantify some of those kind of benefits, Steve? Uh, well, they're, they're ongoing, I think. If you look at brand, for, for one, yeah, the Perth Heat globally, our brand has been enhanced as the Bitcoin baseball team in terms of the amount of media that we've done over the last 12 months. And that's yeah, in a season where we haven't played a baseball game at all. Do I think yeah, that we're in a financially stronger position by converting our, our balance sheet to Bitcoin? Absolutely long term. If I look at you know, the revenue opportunities that, that have opened up you know, in terms of sponsorship globally, that's certainly been a positive. Do I think with what we're going to do, in five weeks' time and giving players the ability to uh, also be tipped in Bitcoin as, as, as they're being paid, will that open the opportunity to improving our roster in years to come? Absolutely. We'll suddenly become a destination for players because they realise the opportunity they have you know, to maximise their earnings over the season. If I look at you know, transactions now and the, and, the, and the amount we'll save you know, by operating on the Lightning Network. So as an organisation, you know, we need to be at the forefront of technologies and improvement and staying ahead of the curve. I think yeah, we, we've, we've done all that and we're setting ourselves up for the future as well. You know, the position we're putting ourselves in today will benefit us in, yeah, in the next you know, period of yeah, five to 10 years as well. So with that, the opportunities keep coming as well. And, and we would like to be at the cutting edge of you know, what organisations would like to do to us 
you know, with us as well and continue to enhance it. We, we see you know, inter- international tournaments opening up for the team and taking it you know, globally as well and playing games in different parts of the world, be it Mexico, the US or through Asia as well. And through that also educating the world on the benefits of operating on a Bitcoin standard. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. We may find ourselves in a position where you know, one day there's Ethereum you know, baseball team and suddenly it becomes you know, Bitcoin versus Ethereum or something like that. And uh, that, that would be pretty cool you know, globally as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I guess one for you, Patrick, is is there is there anything else that excites you in the industry? Like talk about digital assets more broadly. You know, we've covered Bitcoin here today for obvious reasons, but I guess are there any other kind of innovations within the space that you could see as kind of complementary to what you guys are trying to do at your side as well outside of Bitcoin? And not at the moment. I mean, the 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 revolution is so is so large that Bitcoin offers versus other things in the space, right? It's the zero to one moment, and there can't be another. Uh, and the ability for Bitcoin to change every aspect of how the extended order operates with one another. I mean, it is changing how we communicate the language of value, right? That that can now happen without a trusted intermediary between us. We touched briefly on just how important the Lightning Network is and the microtransactions of being able to watch a game and send value to your favorite player, right? Like you, you think about that, that's a very small, com- you know, it's a very easy thing to say. But if you think about how that changes, just how much we value sports and how that changes the entire landscape of sports, like why do sports exist in the first place? Is it to sell advertising dollars? Because what you're selling, when we're selling advertising, we're selling the energy of the people that are watching the thing, the attention, right? That's what the advertisers want. Is that why we created professional sports in the first place? Is that the efficiency boost that it gives to the global order, to the people? I have my doubts that that's the reason why people started watching sports in the first place. And I think the ability to say, I value this and I'm willing to share some of my energy with you. I think that changes how sports goes forward in the future. I mean, just that single thing is so exciting to see that implemented for the very first time and to have the players be able to see well, people out there appreciate when I do this. They appreciate when I do this. How Not only that, how it affects the coaches, how it affects the team overall. I mean, you can stream sats to the team as you watch, just as like, it's a little, it's not even, you know, tipping is one word to say it, but it's also just, you know, in the, the Bitcoin world, it's known as value for value. It's like you have to share your value if you value the thing that you're watching or the thing that you're listening to. And this concept of being able to share. Sorry, I just say, I just think about, I'm a big AFL fan, you know, and I just think about Scott Pendlebury from Collingwood kicking kicking an absolute beautiful goal from the boundary, right? And I'm just thinking about the opportunity to directly reward that talent instantaneously. And that, exactly. that, that for me is just, you know, it, it is amazing. And it's so much... It's so much more than tipping, like like you mentioned. It's it's. Yes. Uh, I mean that that really excites me, and uh, you know, thank and I do appreciate you guys sharing that with me today. And that's uh, I can safely say this is only going to be the very tip of the iceberg and the very start of of what you know you guys are essentially trailblazing. So you know, congratulations on that, and and again, like thanks for thanks for passing it across. <laughs> Um, I guess to wrap it up, guys, what's what's next for Partit? What are what's really exciting? I know you guys have broke down a fair bit. You've got um, your season starting soon. Like, what's what's really exciting for you guys at the moment? What's what's next? I'm bringing the whole season together. Yeah, you know, firstly, you know, we we announced uh, our Bitcoin standard back in November last year. We you know, we haven't played a game yet, so to get back out on, on the field is really important. Uh, yeah, you know, winning a championship as well, um, and our 16th title would mean a lot to the organisation. But also being able to uh, you know, put this project to the people of the, uh, as well and show what we've been talking about for the past year. For the past 12 months in, in some ways it's it's been a long 12 months because of uh how unfortunate was it things got shut down in february this year so to be able to you know be back on the field and accept fans in the stadium and run you know games yeah it, it's going to be really cool 
So you've, you've spoke, you've spoke a lot about it. You've talked it up. It's time to get on the field now and start, start, uh, start playing some ball and, and get it over the line. A little bit like that. It does feel like we've done a bit of talking for the past 12 months. Um, and it would, would and it's nice to bring it, bring the project to fruit in some sense. So yeah, it's like the, the preseason's done. It's time for uh, the action. How's the team? Like, how's the team looking? I mean, um, we're in Brisbane here at SwiftX, and I know the guys from the Brisbane Bandits. Yes. So I'm sure you guys played him as part of the season as well. How's uh, how's the team looking? Are you confident you're gonna you're gonna take it out this this year? Yeah, we're we're, we're always confident. Yeah, the, the goal of the objective is every year to win the you know, win the championship. We're we're pretty open about that. Uh, yeah, we've signed Josh Reddick, who's a World Series champion with the Houston Astros, Golden Glove winner. We think he's the best player that's ever going to come to the country to play in the Australian Baseball League. The talent that the Tampa Bay Rays are sending us out this summer is, is really exciting. We'll probably make that announcement later this week, and then with you know, the the finalisation of our roster in the next. Uh, probably next 10 days so yeah the baseball ops team has spent a lot of time putting the team together and we're, we're confident that uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be challenging come february again this season that's awesome guys well listen huge huge uh, congratulations like i said again on, on what you guys managed to do and best of luck in the season and i will be making a trip to perth to watch one of those games at some stage so i'm keen to hang out with you guys and and have a beer and um yeah well pretty much just chat bitcoin like like i do 24 7 anyway and i think me and Patrick are probably going to dig into that, mate. It'd probably be okay. <laughs> so you guys, you guys won't have too many objections yeah. to that. But um, yeah, again, guys, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. It's been a pleasure and we'll continue to follow your journey. And yeah, again, thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.